This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. Please note, some processes and policies discussed in the following podcast are specific to Taranaki District Health Board. So please always check with your local healthcare provider if you wish to find out more about documenting your own advanced care plan. Kia ora and welcome to Koriromai, talking about advanced care planning. If you were not able to speak up for yourself, how would your family whanau and healthcare provider know what matters to you? Advanced care planning is a process of thinking about, talking about and planning for your future health care and also end of life care. It's about identifying what matters to you. This is what I want to do, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to do with my life. and welcome everyone to Kururumai. Let's talk advanced care planning on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. I'm Mary Robertson, the advanced care planning facilitator at Taranaki District Health Board. My topic today is the gift of advanced care planning and my guest is Wendy Walsh. Now Wendy is very passionate about advanced care planning and she currently works as a nurse practitioner with Third Age Health. Welcome Wendy. And many thanks for joining me today. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, hi, hi, Mary. I'm glad to be here and talk about advanced care planning, as you say. Very passionate. So um, I'm a nurse practitioner, and a lot of people get a little confused around what that is. So um, one of our um, pamphlets from Third Age is quite good at explaining that. So uh, I'll read from that. Nurse practitioners are highly skilled clinicians who have advanced education, training, and experience which enables them to be, work beyond the scope of registered nurse and to work independently, independently to provide primary health care and general practice, hospitals, hospice, aged care and the community. We provide a wide range of health assessments, order and interpret diagnostic and laboratory tests, provide treatment, prescribe medicines and admit and discharge patients from care. Like general practitioners, we are the lead health care providers for patients. Nurse practitioners combine their medical knowledge with a holistic approach to patient care, thus making us ideal for the aged care sector. Um, I've done lots of um, things through my lifetime, including working in the hospital, working in aged care, working with dementia, um, and then uh, doing my nurse practitioner working in primary health care working alongside um, teams like hospice for palliative patients in rural communities and um, of course in aged care where my true love is with older people. Awesome, thanks so much for that Wendy. So what motivates you to share advanced care planning with the people that you care for? Well, I, uh, to me working in older aged care and, and just with palliative patients in general it's such an important document. We have these most beautiful plans that we have for birth, but we really don't talk about death and dying. And it's so important that we get that right for the people. And it's really important that it's their words and what they want. And I do see it as a gift to the family and to, if they're in a facility, to the rest homes. 
um, and it gives them the sense of um, satisfaction when they get to have their last say as such. Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that, that's awesome. So, so you mostly deal with um, older people, is that correct? Yeah, so I was dealing with um, general adults in my previous role and older people, but my true love is older people. So at the moment, yes, generally over uh, over the age of 65. Yep. Mm. Okay, so, so why, I, I know you've explained there the benefits um, of advanced care planning. Um, so if you meet someone for the first time, how, how do you um, approach the subject? How do you introduce it? Well, I, I, if they're coming into the facility as a new patient, it's part of our my admission process with the facility. We don't rush into it. It's not a document you need to rush. And I explain that it's a document that can be changed and altered. But I explain while the family's there that it's important to do it with the family and everyone to be involved. Um, so we get it right and we get their wishes right when they can't speak for themselves. Um, and so that allows um, families to feel like they're part of it as well. It really does stop, um, in my opinion, it stops um, things like arguments near the end or families debating whether they're to go to hospital or whether they're to stay there or whether for treatment or not. Um, a lot of my older people, and it really surprises me, that 90% of them do not want to go to hospital and do not want um, full-on active treatment. They mm. want to be made comfortable, they want to remain functional, and they um, don't want tests and investigations. So it, it's, it really does help, not only them, but our health system as well, um, yeah. because they're not, we're not paying for unnecessary tests that no one actually wants. So it's asking the questions, do you want this? And sometimes um, as doctors and medical practitioners, we sometimes just do them without asking those questions. Yeah. So th yeah. this really stops that from happening. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just absolutely awesome. Um, and it's just such a sense of relief for the person once they've actually started to talk about it and think about it and document it and the family and... Yeah, and it's not just really about um, do you want to go to hospital or not or do you want treatment or not. It's more about all the holistic stuff that goes with it. Um, I had a lovely gentleman that um, said to me, Wendy, when I'm dying, put my swab in my best whiskey and put that in my mouth. And, and I did that and it was the most beautiful thing. Oh, uh, I could see the smile even though he wasn't communicating. Yeah. And the family were um, really grateful that they got to be there, hold his hand. He had his music that he had requested and it was a lovely death. It wasn't in hospital. It wasn't, um, no arguing. Everyone knew where we were at and the rest home facilitated it. It was, yeah. it was a beautiful death. So, ah, what an awesome story! Thanks so much for sharing that. Mm. I think we'll do. We'll take a wee break just now, folks, and we'll listen to a wee bit of Elvis Presley. Love me tender, love me sweet, never let me go. You have made my life complete. And I love you so Love me tender 
love me true all my dreams fulfilled for my darling I love you and Love me tender, love me long Take me to your heart For it's there that I belong And will never part Love me tender Love me true, all my dreams fulfilled. For my darling, I love you, and I always will. Love me tender, love me dear, tell me. everyone to Kururumai, Let's Talk Advanced Care Planning. And that was Elvis Presley, Love Me Tender. Wendy, what happens if a person is not competent to have an advanced care planning conversation? For example, maybe someone with dementia, you know, what process or processes do we have to support future health care for that person? So I look after three um, dementia units, one being the psychogeriatric unit. So they're the ideal patients that you want to look at. The ideal, though, if we're in an ideal world, would do these advanced care plans when we are well, not before we get into residential care. But sadly, it's not always done, and at nine times out of ten, it's not. And so when we look at the medical care, we have a form called a medical care guidance form um, that was developed uh, in the hospital. Um, and it's a form we can fill out with the family, and really, it's really important to have an understanding still of what... They, you think they might have liked, what kind of things they liked growing up. We can put all of those things on there, but it is a real um, form that says, no, we don't want hospital, we do want hospital, and um, no, we don't, we don't want oral antibiotics, or we do want oral antibiotics. So a lot of people f feel like the only choice is to go to hospital. But actually, dementia in itself is a palliative diagnosis. It's a brain disorder that we a person gradually um, the brain will gradually die and they will be not able to eat or drink and going to hospital when you're got dementia is very scary they don't know where they are taking them out of their own environment um, they put in drips and things and they don't know what's happening um, I explained to the family the importance of actually 
it's okay not to have that done. It's okay to be in the facility. And we can make them comfortable where they are. They can still have oral antibiotics, but they're in an environment they feel safe. And when we're looking at that, I talk about um, quality of care, not not always quantity, and uh, understanding that um, what would their loved ones want in that situation. If, and going to hospital, they usually come back worse off because it really does knock their dementia around going out of um, their own environment. And yeah. they get things like delirium, which is a condition that causes temporary worsening of um, and hallucinations for them which is not so nice so the MCG or the medical care guidance form is really um, an amazing document that can actually stop that from happening and if we don't have one and something happens we do need to send them to hospital and they, that does need to happen but if this form's in place then we've had the conversation with the family um, and uh, it, it, is, it is actually quite nice um, and I've had this happen before where um, during this COVID epidemic, we've had people get COVID and the families say, well, we're not sending them there. There's, there's, they're not going to manage the oxygen. They've got end-stage dementia. We, we want to process with the, the advanced care plan. And it's been a beautiful where the family can come in and sit, which can't always happen in hospital with COVID at the moment. Um, and they've had their candles and their things that they love around them. And it's actually um, a, a lovely, lovely death again where... They've got as much as we can know um, from the family. They've got what they wanted. Mm. Again, the ideal would be to do when they're well and able to make them decisions, but okay. it's still a gift. It's a gift the family can give to their loved one. Yeah. That's lovely. And, and even someone who is just in the early stages of a dementia diagnosis, mm. um, they can start thinking about advanced care planning. They can, they can actually, at that point, be capable and competent enough to fill out an advanced care plan. And as their disease progresses, ultimately that information can be used to inform talking about the medical care guidance going forward. Have, mm. have you ever yes, witnessed that? Yeah, I have. And it's really good if we have early diagnosis of dementia when we're, when yep. we're looking at it. Um, the earlier we can, the more we can put in place these really important documents so their family don't have to make them hard decisions. And sometimes families don't always agree. And, it, mm. and that can be really uncomfortable near the end um, with bickering families about one to send them to hospital, one not to, and mm. arguing amongst themselves. It's, it's, that doesn't make for a nice death. So mm. the best, uh, like I said, the best gift we can do is do early, do it earlier if we can and get those done so the patient's words can be put down. They get what they want, yeah. not what anyone else would want. Yeah. I, I like that phrase, <laughs> the patient's words and what they want, because that's what it's all about. It's about putting people at the centre yeah. of their health, isn't it? And I think, you know, it was, I'll share a story here as well, folks. Um, my mum died when she was 98 years of age, four years ago. And I had these conversations with mum she was capable and competent, but mum's outlook was, don't worry about it, dear. The doctors will know what to do when the time comes. Mm. But that's a very generational outlook on things. You know, times are changing rapidly. Um, and it's not about what the doctor wants. You know, it's not about the doctor. No, it's, it's, it's about the person. Yeah, I 100% agree. It, yeah. it, 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 we should have that right to make them choices for ourselves. And 
and it's having the full understanding of what that entails. So, yep. yes, you might not get IV antibiotics, you might get oral antibiotics, um, and that may shorten your life, but going to hospital may make your quality of life worse. And so actually understanding all of the implications yeah. is really important. It um, is. And it's, it is a process. It's, it doesn't happen overnight. No, so no. these conversations, as Wendy was saying earlier, need to start early, mm. you know, and they need to continue. So it is a continuous so, process. So what, yeah, we start them at the beginning, and, and, I, and I say, you know, take a good three months to get through and have a look and discuss yep. it with your family. And when we have our next three monthly review, we'll sit down again and see where you're at, and see if we can, you know, you've come to a conclusion where you're where you're sitting. Yeah. Um, but and understanding that it's not a document that's legal, it's not signed, sealed, and delivered. You can change your mind, and people do. Um, so uh, it, it's a moving document, and it's something you should bring be brought up again. Um, so I routinely every year have a, the same conversation. We have an advanced care plan. Are you still wishing for this, if able? Um, if I'm not, I remind the family that we have an advanced care plan and your loved one can no longer talk for themselves. Are you still happy with what they implemented? Yep. Because it was their plan. And, yes. and and uh, I haven't had any family say no. So, oh, uh, that's awesome, Wendy. Well, listen, folks, we're going to just take another short break and we're going to listen to a wee bit of Frank Sinatra. Um, the title of the song, I Did It My Way. Very appropriate. And now the end is near so I face the final curtain My friend, I'll say it clear I'll state my case Of which I'm certain I've lived a life that's full I traveled each and Every highway And more Much more than this I did it My way Regrets I've had a few But then again Too few to mention I did what I had to do Saw it through Without exemption I planned Each charted course Each careful step Along the byway And more Much more than this I did it my way Yes, there were times I'm sure you knew When I bit off More than I could chew But through it all When there was Oh 
So that was Frank Sinatra, I Did It My Way. And as I said before, very appropriate to, to today's theme. So I'd just like to thank Wendy very much for coming along this afternoon and sharing um, with us. Wendy, what would a takeaway message be to you for the listeners today? Well, Amance Kaplan's are a gift. Um, they're allowing our patients to speak when they can't speak for themselves. They should be done early and... Everyone should have one. It shouldn't just be older people because we never know when we're going to um, not be here. And so actually, uh, it, like I say, it's a gift. Thank you so much. Everybody needs a little sunshine. So there we are, another aspect of advanced care planning and the importance of Koriromai. Thanks so much for taking time to tune in today. Remember, your voice is important. So, why not start the conversation today with your loved ones, family and whanau? This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com.